0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Can we do that? Can we praise him for just a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, your goodness and mercy reaches far beyond my expectation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of the... Holy Ghost, what a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you, you may be seated. I know you've been standing for a while this morning. Praise the Lord. What a word from Pastor this morning. My goodness, my goodness, and that song, Brother Larry made mention of waiting on the Lord. I couldn't help but to think this morning of, of, of David. you know, I'm very guilty, I'm impatient. I I can't stand still for very long, and I need to be moving and doing something. So I, I have a problem. I have to pray about waiting because it's difficult for me. And when we look at the life of David, we see him as a king, and it's easy to forget about the history that preceded all that took place in David's life. And if we're not careful we can get anxious when the Lord has us in a particular season and trying to do something with us. And Pastor made mention of that, kind of taking things in our own hands and, and, and rushing through some things when the Lord is needing us to pause for a moment. You know, uh, historians and scholars say that as early as the age of seven, that in the life of a herdsman, that fathers begin preparing their boys to be a shepherd, as early as the age of seven, and so if you take that into concept and you look at, at David being anointed by Samuel at the age of 15 and we know from history that it was approximately he was approximately 19 years old when he went to check on his brothers and to take them some food and had the encounter with Goliath and then we know that David was not king until he was 30 so there's almost 25 years of waiting waiting on the Lord I can only imagine that moment in that living room that day at the age of 15 when that oil from that horn being anointed running down his face and thinking, what a place I'm fixing to be in, only to have to return back to the sheep. But it's at those times that we're in the fields just tending, day-to-day living, that God is molding and shaping us. and. and and making us in what he wants us to be and I'm thankful for those times and I pray that the Lord will help me be more patient praise the Lord I am so happy to have my wife the last few times I've had the opportunity to preach she's not been here and I always will glance over from time to time, and if she's twiddling her thumbs or doodling on a pad, I know this this is a flop, and I need to hush and sit down. You all are too kind, and you just bless him, Lord, me right on through it, and I'm glad to have her back today, so if if I see her twiddling her thumbs or doodling on a pad, praise the Lord. Go with me to the book of First Kings, and you can remain seated. Book of First Kings chapter... 18. I am going to take my text this morning from two different passages of Scripture that uh, for the most part have nothing to do with each other, but I want to draw a phrase out of each passage, and with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to combine them this morning, and uh, I'm trusting that the Lord will speak to us today. The book of 1 Kings chapter 18, and beginning with verse 41, And Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said again, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile. Everybody say meanwhile. Webster defines that as the intervening time or, or during the interval It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. There was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And then if you'll follow me to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 8, or either read along on the screen, 2 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 1. And after this, everybody say after this, after this it came to pass that David smoked the Philistines. Now we're picking up on a story here where David has already brought the Ark of the Covenant home. He has defeated many enemies, but however, the Philistines have been a continual thorn in his side, if you will. They have troubled the people of Israel, and David and the the children of Israel have been living in some times that have been difficult for them, and they were in need of a great victory. And so here we pick up on this story. Of where David, the Bible says, smote the Philistines and subdued them, and David took Mathagamma out of the hand of the Philistines. After this, that, that phrase caught my attention and uh, it reminded me that God knows right where we're at. He knows the heavy load that we sometimes carry, and furthermore, God knows when it's time to lift that load from us. And I I know without a doubt this morning that I'm preaching to a congregation of people who have carried your fair share of loads. And I've just stepped behind this desk this morning to remind us of something that we already know. There is life after this. There's peace on the other side. I, I know the last, uh, I hate to keep Uh, pounding this in the sand, but I know the last year has been difficult for many people in many different ways, but ladies and gentlemen, there's joy waiting on the other side when we come out of this valley. The Lord has not left us. He has not forsaken us, and I'm just going to ask you for a few minutes this morning if you'll help me preach. Will you do that? I'm about to find out. The more you help, the more notes I delete. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I've been living in the meanwhile, and I'm still holding on. I haven't lost hope. I refuse to give up, and my faith will not fail me. You're doing good. Stay with me. Tell them there's something beyond this for me. This is not the end. This is the in-between place. And now would you confirm that with a shout to the Lord and praise him. I love you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for the privilege to be in this house. I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that you've given us. And Lord, I ask for the next few moments that you anoint us as a congregation, that you bind us together, Lord, with cords that cannot be broken, that you speak into our hearts into our lives and let us know that you hold our hand every step of the way. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Sometimes this place that you and I live in is called the meanwhile. And that's what I'm going to speak on for a little bit here, living in the meanwhile. Now, I've give you Webster's definition, but I'm going to tell you Jerry's definition of living in the meanwhile. While you're there, it's mean. It's hard. It's painful. It's it's so uncertain. There's days you wake up in this season that you have no idea how you're going to make it through. Not sure if you will make it through. Not sure what lies around the corner and what you're going to have to face next. This living in the meanwhile is tough business. Remember after Elijah calls down fire from heaven and his servant sees this little cloud, the Bible says it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind." You see, the rain or the blessing didn't come till after this season of torment, after this season of storm. In the meanwhile, there was some clouds and there was some rain and there was some things to endure. And for some of us today, you know exactly what I'm talking about because perhaps you find yourself there right now. The winds of adversity, the storms raged against you and they're blowing in your life and you can't even see the sun for the clouds that have overshadowed you. You're living in the meanwhile and you're in a place of testing and waiting and we've already discussed how difficult that can be sometimes waiting, not knowing, living in a valley, only having the opportunity to trust the Lord and, and, and believe that he has your best interest in mind. But I've come this morning with a word from the Lord. If you find yourself in that valley this morning, if you find yourself in that testing place this morning, you just hold on. You've come too far to quit. Now, don't you let the enemy steal this from you because living in the meanwhile is almost over for you. Those sleepless nights, those nights of crying and pleading with God, those days of uncertainty, they're coming to an end because you're coming to your after this season. This after this season, David, the Bible tells us that David smote the Philistines and subdued them. That word there smote means to attack or to hit or to conquer. And the word subdued means to bring under subjection or to humiliate. I completely understand that I'm preaching to the choir this morning. But sometimes when we are going through some things, the devil tries to convince us that what we're going through is our own fault. And I'm not diminishing our responsibility of things that we have to do in our in our servitude to the Lord, but but the devil will convince us. I have found myself in the past few months blaming myself for the situations that we have been in, and I've wondered what have I done wrong, and I've I've let the devil forgive me this morning, but I've let the devil creep up onto my shoulder and whisper into my ear that I'm doing something wrong, and that this is some punishment from God that we're having to endure from this. But I tell you this morning, that's a lie from from the pits of hell, that's the devil trying to deceive And We have to be like David sometimes and remind ourselves. We have to encourage ourselves. The Bible said that when David was at Ziglag, he encouraged himself because his own people wanted to overtake him. And we have to remind ourselves that no weapon, no weapon formed against us shall prosper because God never said there would be an easy road living for him. God never said that we would never have to face adversity in our family. God never said that this would be a bed of roses at some point in our life, we have to put our faith and trust in God knowing that he's going to see us through because he did promise me, he did promise you that he would never leave us nor forsake us. The psalmist tells us in chapter 34 and 19 that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Isaiah confirmed that in chapter 43 of his book in verse 22. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. This morning, I want to remind us that now more than ever, we've got to have a made-up Mine. We've got to have our mind made up and our feet set upon a rock on a sure foundation. Have you ever had an, a, a bulldog or, a, or a, a dog of some sort and they, you're playing with a toy and they've got the end of the rope or the end of the toy and you're trying to pull it from them and the harder you pull, the harder they pull back. Excuse this expression this morning, ladies and gentlemen, but now is the time to have a mad, made-up bulldog mentality that I will not turn loose of what the Lord is doing in my life. And I'm going to hang on and fight with every tooth and nail to stay in this with the Lord. This morning I want to remind us that we cannot give up. We cannot give in to fear and doubt. We must keep walking through the fire. And if we will keep praising God through the midnight hour, if we will hold on to his word in the face of every contrary and negative report, we will come out of this living In the meanwhile, and we will come to our after this season. I I don't know what that may be for you today. It may be a doctor's bad report. It may be a season of some long sickness. Perhaps you've lost a loved one. Perhaps there's a relationship in your life that has. Gone bad. I don't know what that is for you today, and I don't have to know. All I need to know is that God promised us that there is an after this. We will come out of this on the other side. God never promised a rose garden, He never promised a trouble free life, He never promised me a mountain with no valleys, but He did promise me an after this. Yes, David had to fight with the Philistines. Yes, they caused him much grief and pain and heartache. They won a few rounds. They hit David and knocked David down. And you and I both know that living for the Lord is not trouble-free. It's not a life that says you will never walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I'll go one step further to tell you this. If you're living for the Lord today, you better buckle up and tighten the cinch down tight because the devil's coming for you and he's coming for your family. And if you think he's playing for games, you're sadly mistaken because he's playing for keeps and the devil wants our soul. He wants to take us from an eternity in heaven and send us to the everlasting pit of hell. And we cannot give up on what God is doing in our lives. He never said that you won't hear a bad report. God never said that you would never cry over were where children, that you would never be lied on, that you would never lose someone that you love. But he did promise us that he will be with us. He did say, if you will hold on to me, you will come to your after this. In closing this morning, what happened after this, the Bible said that David smote the Philistines and subdued them. Brought down, beat them down, brought them under subjection. One definition and my personal favorite of subdue is to humiliate. David smote them and humiliated them. Now we all know what humiliate means. To embarrass or, or put to shame. And I feel in the Holy Ghost this morning and I believe that somebody is ready to come out of that living in the meanwhile. You're ready to move into your after this season. I believe there's someone who is weary with being berated by the enemy. And it's almost your turn to humiliate the devil to embarrass him. Let me remind you this morning that every time he throws something at you that fails, every time he sets something up for you that misses you, every time you get knocked down and you back bounce back stronger, he's humiliated, he's embarrassed. The devil's humiliated this morning because she in the house, because she got up and came. There are times when you don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like participating, but I tell you, you embarrass the devil. You humiliate the devil. Every time you roll out of bed and say, you know what? Contrary to the way I feel, contrary to what's going in my life, going wrong in my life, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. We cannot allow the enemy. We cannot allow the enemy to dictate how we live our lives by setting our mood. Let me just put this verse in my own words what this has meant to me over the past 9 months of my life. And I do so respectfully to the word of God. I understand about not taking or adding away from the word. But but the Lord has just in my seasons and forgive me this morning if this is too transparent. But in my seasons of self-pity over the past few months of riding down the road wondering why and asking why and, and having a little pity party, if you don't mind, for myself, I would have to encourage myself and I would have to think back on the promises of God and I would have to remind myself that there is something after this. There is something after this. After this... The tables are going to turn. After this, we're going to bounce back stronger. After this, we'll be better than we was before. After this, the Lord is going to do things like we never seen in our life. So I tell you today, as we stand across this house, you get one foot on the word of God, and you get one foot on the devil's throat, and you say, Devil, I refuse to let you rule in my life. And I give myself wholeheartedly to the kingdom of God. Let's worship the Lord this morning. Thank him for his goodness. Lord, you're better than I deserve, Father. Thank you for the word in my life. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, I thank you today for the Holy Ghost. I thank you today, Lord, for the Holy Ghost.